This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, in about a week, a couple dozen high school seniors from across the state are making their way to Madison. It is not a concert. It's not a sporting event. It's a campus visit. We're talking about that after 530. How the UW Dairy Science Department and the College of Ag is trying to attract those high school seniors and their parents to give them a better sense of what going to school on the Madison campus is all about. Our own Reba McClone's got that update after 5.30. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com. He catches up with us before 6 o'clock. How are you doing? Farm Director Pam Yankee, glad to be along with you. Boy, I was glad that the temperatures were halfway warm yesterday because that wind was surely something, wasn't it? Hopefully the wind is settling down for today. Our forecast is calling for some cloudy skies. 56 are expected high. About a 60% chance we could pick up a sprinkle here or there. Tomorrow, same situation. 60% chance of rain. 52 the expected high on Friday. Saturday, we drop back to 43. Sunday, a high of 44. Stu Muck, who I bumped into at the WPS Farm Show yesterday, he'll be joining us live via Skype in about 15 minutes to give you your day's forecast. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual is excited to announce the Rural Mutual Farm Dividend Program. The first of its kind in the state. They know how hard you work, so they want to reward you. Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program rewards farmers for their loyalty and dedication with up to a 5% dividend. And since Rural Mutual only does business in Wisconsin, premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. To learn more about Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program and how you may qualify, please contact a rural agent or visit RuralMutual.com. Last day to kick tires. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Yep, today is the wrap-up day for the WPS Farm Show EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Nine until three today if you're planning on attending. Uh, not a bad place to spend some time if the weather does allow. Tell you what, a lot of dairy farmers have been spending time not just looking at their balance sheets, but also trying to get a better sense on direction when it comes to these markets, Bob. And professional dairy producers of Wisconsin had a full slate of people ready to give them advice. Yeah, big crowd down at uh, Madison, as always. Pam, Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. The Lion Energy Center always busy when the PDPW folks come in, and they brought back a guy that uh, spoke to the dairy farmers in 1992 at their very first program back in Wisconsin Rapids when there were 38 farmers there. I think this year 1,500 or close to 2,000. That, of course, Dr. David Cole, agricultural economist out of... uh, the uh, Virginia Tech University, and he was there, a little different message. He was talking with our Scott Schultz about the business IQ that dairy farmers need now versus what they needed back at that first meeting in 1992. I'll tell you what, Scott, you hit hit it, and and we've seen a lot of change since that first conference, and a dairyman from Nebraska sized it up with the FFA group the other day, and I just overheard him. He says, you know, the 1980s, 1980s uh, played havoc on the average and below average production manager. 
Uh, he says this time in this economic cycle, which we're down about four years, is playing havoc on the average and below average business manager. And one of the things that we found was, you know, over the past 30 years or so, we could produce our way to profits. But boy, you know, we're coming into this part of the cycle and it's going to be our future as well. That business IQ, you hear a basketball player's got a great basketball IQ. Well, a dairyman or a general farmer or grain farmer is going to have to have a high business IQ. And it's not going to be an option. It's going to be a requirement because you cannot just produce your way to profits. Producing our way to profit is a long-gone thing then. And uh, when you say the four-year cycle, we're in the bottom of the four-year cycle, that's just dairy. The egg industry is in a different cycle, kind of? Yeah. It's really interesting. You look at the the dairy cycle, it started right after 2014. We had the high prices. Of course, we're out here 2019. We're in the fourth year. But you look at the grain industry, they've been down seven years. And, uh, uh, and again, uh, it's not a crash like the 1980s because we got this thing called farm real estate. And, uh, and a number of producers, whether it's on the dairy side or whether it's on the grain side, have tapped the equity. And I, I make it analogous to home equity loan. You know, we're having cash flow problems in the household. We'll just put it on a home equity loan. Well, we're putting it on the farm equity loan. So uh, the re- rest of the industry is about seven years down. The dairy industry is about four years. But the dairy industry is probably down more. <laughs> Okay, they're, you know, the margins have been real squeezed or negative for four years. The grain industry, they've seen some profit. When you talk about that dairy business IQ, what are some of the uh, traits? You know, one of the things, can I just be very blunt with you? One thing I'll look for uh, is the producer willing to do a cash flow. You know what a number of producers say, ah, I can't do a cash flow. I don't know what the weather's going to do. I don't know what Washington, D.C. is going to do. Well, that's where you do scenario analysis. I've got to tell you, Scott, 80% of a business plan is uh, uh, doing a cash flow because you've got to think through production, market, uh, cost, and you've got to think through sensitivity. What happens if production's here or price is here? That is the guts of managing. The second thing is you take that cash flow and you manage it monthly. And you look at your projections and you look at your actuals and see what the deviations are. You know why you got to look at it monthly? And it's a mistake the poor manager does. The poor manager only looks at it annually. You got to look at it monthly because you're the head coach of your business. The business conditions are changing, so you got to constantly be making tweaks. And so doing that cash flow and then uh, monitoring it and then supporting yourself. With a support group, sometimes it can be your lender, sometimes it can be the crop consultant, nutrition consultant, occasionally meeting and going over those is three strategies I think are very, very critical. You said the M word, market. Where are we with markets these days? And and will that market and maybe some of the margins return uh, a little bit considering the number of dairy herds that we have left in America and including the number of dairy herds left in Wisconsin. I think 1992 at the first PDPW conference, there are probably upwards of 40,000 dairy herds in the state of Wisconsin yet, and we're under uh, 10,000. Will that marketing be almost easier because we've got control of things? Uh, It's really interesting. Uh, Unfortunately, we'll have a lot of dairies uh, go out, but the cow numbers don't drop. And guess what? The technology kicks in, so your supply level uh, stays up there. But I think the key thing on marketing is, and I'm going to take you in a little bit different direction. I think in the dairy industry, we've kind of made a mistake. Not the dairyman, 
but the leaders uh, have made a mistake. We're not aligning up with the consumer needs out there. Uh, and I'm out there with school kids and different things, and they'll say, oh, this milk tastes blah. Uh, you know, we aren't packaging it properly, uh, you know, and doing some of those things, not only domestically but internationally. I think one of the key things for success in the dairy industry, whether we have 40,000 farms left or we have 10,000 farms, is aligning up with that consumer out there. And, and again, trying to be out ahead of the curve, not only in the milk product, but, you know, the manufactured product like ice cream cheese you know, yogurt, et cetera, et cetera. But the unfortunate thing is we are producing our way to oblivion. <laughs> and, uh, and again, I'm going to kind of fault uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, Walmart will sell milk as a loss leader. But when they sell the milk as a loss leader, what happens is that eventually comes back and impacts. They're actually driving the dairymen out of business. Okay. International markets. Where are we with that? I know you uh, have mentioned in the past, and you like to mention the Pacific Rim. Is, is that reality for the dairy industry? Yeah, it's a reality toward the dairy industry, and the export markets are very, very critical, Scott, because, what, one in seven days of milk goes outside the United States of America. 20% of net farm income in the United States of America is generated outside our shores. And it's real interesting that Asian Rim, uh, three out of every seven customers of the future that have money will reside in Asia. And so having an Asian-centric strategy is going to be critical, not only for the dairy industry, but the agriculture and just the general industry as well. And so uh, those markets are very, very important. But also we got the markets here south of the border, Mexico. And uh, unfortunately, just uh, some of our trade rhetoric uh, moved them more and more toward Europe, which was flush and milk. And uh, so this international trade, Asian-centric, and aligning up with the consumer of Asia, very, very critical. Those markets depend upon, of course, those trade agreements. Is there anything new coming down the pike with the uh, ratification of the Canada-Mexico-U.S. trade agreement and uh, any kind of Chinese uh, market things going on? It's interesting you bring that question up, uh, Scott. Uh, the ratification of the uh, new NAFTA agreement called the USMCA is supposed to happen during April. And that's going to be very, very critical to your listeners out here because it's not only for agriculture, but it's for supply chain management. What's that? Parts, you know, uh, for equipment, but also for energy because we are connected you know, we're number one in the world in energy. Canada's four and Mexico is number eight. So that agreement's going to be very critical uh, in April. And, and one of the things is, is it going to be a short-term or a long-term agreement? If we do not ratify that agreement, it could push U.S. into a recession. And it could really play havoc in agriculture. So that's the first thing. That's going to come in April. The other thing is, out of China, uh, I guess to your listeners, I would say we are probably in a situation of temporary agreements. In other words, you'll see we'll push forward, we'll get this, and we'll get that. But I don't see long-term agreements coming about because the Chinese are very, very patient uh, people and patient government. And they are, uh, they are testing our patience. And so I see if any agreements, they'll be temporary. Now, that doesn't help a dairyman or a business person where you've got to make long-term decisions. So what that means is don't bet the farm or growth in your farm that you're going to have robust markets through a long-term agreement out of China. It'll be short-run, temporary, and it could change. 
China playing long ball, we're playing the short game. That's a good way to kind of look at it. And, uh, you know, one of the things is they're in there for the full nine innings. And uh, we're kind of like the relief pitcher, you know, that's coming in giving that short spurt. But, you know, you, you think about it. China's ascended from the seventh to the second largest economy in ten years. How did they do it? Yeah, they uh, manipulated their currency. Yeah, they had most favorable nation status, and they pirated some of our technology. But, you know, in the long run, I want your listeners to hear this. They want to be the world's economic and military power uh, by the year 2040, 2050. And, uh, again, they think in centuries, we think in nanoseconds. And so it's going to be interesting to watch these strategies evolve. The international market, then, we can't we can't tighten ourselves up too much here and close in on things. Or what would be the effects of egg if we did yeah. uh, close in? Yeah. In other words, you, I think you're going with a populist protectionism uh, type strategy. All you got to do is go back and look at history. Smoot Hawley uh, was one of the factors that created the Great Depression. In other words, what you'll find is whether it's the healthy U.S. economy or the global economy, free trade is very, very important. But also fair trade is very important. I think this, you know, the administration it might sound like I was being critical. Uh, they have been right to look at NAFTA. They have been right to look at the Chinese type of agreements. It's just kind of the strategy that they, that they have used out there. So uh, one of the things, uh, uh, and again, uh, we've got to be careful of the protectionism. You're seeing it right in Great Britain right today. Of course, uh, Theresa May and uh, Great Britain wanted to do the Brexit. and Now they're getting kind of some pushback because one of the things is Great Britain and along with the rest of Europe are kind of finding that unified Europe is very important. Thank you, Dr. David Cole, keynote speaker at the 1992 PDPW Annual Conference, the first conference, and keynote speaker here today in 2019. Thank you, sir. And Scott, both of us, uh, I was 10, you were 5 at the time, you know. (laughs) But all joking aside, I just want to say thank you. Keep up the good work out here. And this conference has evolved from 38, I think there's 1,100, 1,200 here today. And it's a testament to the strength of the dairy industry that wants to, you know, evolve and be better and so you all keep the good work up out here and to all the dairymen out here that are listening to this remember your self-worth in life is equated to your network of people and positive things and so keep some balance out there dr david cole virginia tech university ag economist i'm scott schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in eau claire this is the farm report with pam yonke Look out your windows. What do you see? Do you sense the energy you're wasting? Do you see dollars slipping past the frames and off with the wind? Maybe it's hard to see at all through the screens that blur the view. I'm Brandon from Genesis Exteriors, where we're proud to carry, install, and introduce our customers to the most energy-efficient window you can buy anywhere. Anywhere! They're Elements windows, and you can only get them from Genesis Exteriors. Ask a Genesis customer who bought Elements Windows and they'll tell you they're almost magic because they will change how you see the world or at least what you see when you look out your windows. Instead of money blowing away, you might notice the beautiful world out there. And with Elements' nearly invisible screen, you'll see everything better. So if you'd like a better view of everything, check out Elements Windows only from Genesis Exteriors.
Are you looking for a facial that gives results? We're proud to introduce Hydrafacial MD, a new medical facial that cleanses, exfoliates, and hydrates your skin in less than an hour. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Hydrafacial MD uses Vortex technology, which infuses cleansing serums along with glycolic and salicylic acid to deeply clean and exfoliate pores and dead skin cells. Next, infusion of light therapy in super serums with ingredients such as hyaluronic acid and antioxidants lead to hydration and healing. This medical facial is not painful and gives no downtime. Hydrafacial MD at Rejuvenation Clinic will leave your skin brighter, smoother, and healthier for several weeks while still providing a relaxing experience in a comfortable environment. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Already 522 on a Thursday morning. Time to talk weather. Stumach, ag meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. Bumped into that fuzzy rascal up at uh, EAA Grounds in Oshkosh yesterday. Man, you know, I had all kinds of thoughts about how warm it was going to be yesterday, but that wind about took you into Lake Winnebago. Yeah, the wind did keep it chilled on, no doubt, but it did still bring in mild air. I mean, we ended up well above normal and it was a good drying breeze, which I think a lot of folks are hoping for where water is standing and where we're talking about some rain chances. That's definitely going to be a little bit of a help. Now, today we aren't going to be quite that warm. There's a weak cool front dropping south in the state. La Crosse and Boston could see a little sprinkle midday or so. The rest of us ought to stay dry. And then the next low that builds up out of the southwest, staying south of Wisconsin, especially in southern Wisconsin, may mean precipitation to start the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. All righty, Stu, let's have some of the weather details for day number three, the final day of the show. At Oshkosh, beautiful, mostly cloudy skies, almost mid-50s. I'd say anywhere from 52 to 56 or so across the state. That's sprinkle at La Crosse or Boston midday. Southwest winds will become north and northeast today, 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy overnight, down to the low, low 30s, and the north winds at 5 to 10. Partly sunny Friday, low 50s with the northeast winds at 5, but that chance of a little rain, maybe even some snowflakes late Friday night, especially in the south, a little rain-snow early Saturday in the south, dry elsewhere. Sun returns on Saturday, Pam, but low to mid-40s for daytime highs with a north breeze, and then just in the mid-40s Sunday and slowly warming again next week. Boy, but today, opening day at Miller Park, not too bad. I mean, at least uh, you're not tailgating in a snowdrift. That's right. It's not a snow drift. You won't be under ice, but it just be a little cool. Yep. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. See ya.
Stumax are ag meteorologists with weather details. Lacrosse here starting off with clear skies, 43 degrees. Mauston, clear and 43. Fond du Lac, you're clear and 45. Oshkosh, clear and 46. At the airport in Madison, looking at clear skies and 46 degrees. We'll talk more about Fan Day Fair. What are you going to eat at the ballpark? Details from the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I am so proud to have six of the best custom jewelers and two of the most advanced CAD designers in Madison that meticulously work under microscopes, producing some of the finest custom jewelry Madison has ever seen. If you want your beautiful engagement ring or anything custom with the utmost accuracy, you'll only be able to have it done at Chalmers Jewelers. Six of the best custom jewelers and two of the most advanced CAD designers is why Chalmers Jewelers is voted Best of Madison Gold year after year. I wasn't expecting him to even have the ring for me. I thought we were just going to go in and just kind of look. I had decided to ask her to marry me in the store. He proposed to me at Chalmers Jewelers. I was speechless. But I was so taken back that the only thing I could do was cry. (laughs) It was everything that I'd hoped it would be, and the surprise and the ring were perfect for the perfect woman in my life. Chalmers Jewelers in Middleton. Look out your windows. What do you see? Do you sense the energy you're wasting? Do you see dollars slipping past the frames and off with the wind? Maybe it's hard to see at all through the screens that blur the view. I'm Brandon from Genesis Exteriors, where we're proud to carry, install, and introduce our customers to the most energy-efficient window you can buy anywhere. Anywhere! They're Elements windows, and you can only get them from Genesis Exteriors. Ask a Genesis customer who bought Elements Windows and they'll tell you they're almost magic. Because they will change how you see the world. Or at least what you see when you look out your windows. Instead of money blowing away, you might notice the beautiful world out there. And with Elements' nearly invisible screen, you'll see everything better. So if you'd like a better view of everything, check out Elements Windows. Only from Genesis Exteriors. Now, the easy and fastest way to order ag parts is with Sloan Express, America's ag parts supplier. Simply put, Sloan Express is a lower price alternative to original manufacturer parts. And now, free shipping on orders over $195 right to your front door. Plus, we offer free shipping to 20 Sloan locations. Enter code WISCONSIN10 at checkout and save 10%. Get your free catalog online at SloanEX.com or call today. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. When I see someone in their 30s, I get excited to show them all of the great non-surgical skincare treatments. While a few 30-somethings may be seeing fine lines or age spots, many younger people are not. This is the perfect age to start thinking about your skin health. Certain procedures such as broadband light therapy can repair and restore your skin before it starts showing things such as wrinkles or brown spots. Treatments such as Botox can prevent deep wrinkles from setting in. By starting now, you'll continue to look fresh and youthful while everyone else gets older. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. 
Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Wisconsin Beef Improvement, 62nd Annual Performance Selected Bull Sale, Saturday, April 6th, starting at 11 a.m., three miles south of Platteville on Highway 80, then three miles east on College Farm Road, selling 65 yearling performance-tested bulls, Angus, Composite, Red Angus, Simmental, Tarantase, come check them out. Buy a WBIA test bull from your living room, office, or the test station. Go to dvauction.com. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry. And I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Wisconsin did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Uh, we welcome in our good friend uh, Kyle Lesniewski, BrewCrewBall.com, getting set for opening day. Morning, Kyle. Morning. How you guys doing? Oh, good man. man. Getting o- fired up. I put opening day, Kyle, like the first day of March Madness, opening day, and like, you know, the first weekend of football, probably the two or three best days of the sports calendar year. Heck yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I uh, got my PTO in. I'm excited to go to the game tomorrow. <laughs> that a boy. It should be a national holiday. We should just get off anyways, but I don't get it, man. Whatever. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we should get on that. I'm I'm with you. We've been trying to figure this out, Kyle. uh, Whether it's ESPN, CBS Sports, MLB.com, it's Cubs, and if it's not Cubs, it's Cardinals. And everybody's projections there they are sitting at three. uh, The Milwaukee Brewers. Should we take that as a sign of disrespect, or we'll you know we've flown under the radar the last couple years? That's that's fine. We'll do it again. Um. I guess I wouldn't necessarily look at it and, and be offended that the that the Brewers are picked third or, or whatever. Um, if you're looking for a more optimistic projection, uh, you could look at baseball prospectuses, Pakota, which uh, currently has the Brewers sitting in first place. Um, but I think the the more important thing to look at than you know specifically how a team is placed in any of those projection systems is just kind of how a team stacks up versus the rest of the national league because when you're when you're kind of projecting the standings or, or making your guesses as to how a team is going to finish um, you, you can't really think off the top of your head how a team is going to outplay its run differential or how a team is going to do in one run games or any of that kind of stuff um, that needs to more so play out during the course of the regular season so um, as long as all these all these systems are kind of saying that you know the Brewers are are going to be right there in terms of win totals, um, I think that you know we we can let it play out during the course of the season and know that generally the Brewers have a pretty good bullpen and that they've um, thrived in close games over the last couple of years. So you know hopefully that'll uh, give them a little bit of an advantage. Uh, visiting with Kyle Lesniewski, BrewCrewBall.com. Uh, speaking of the bullpen, uh, Kyle, some news of note the last uh, couple of days, week. Uh, with with first the news of Jeremy Jeffers and and now Corey Knable, 
you know, going into spring training, we looked at this as probably the strength of this Brewer roster. Uh, how concerned should we be as Brewer fans with uh, the latest injury news? Um, I, I definitely think that there is a lot of reason to be a, a little bit apprehensive in how the team is going to move forward with these bullpen injuries. Um, it, it doesn't sound like Jefferson's is uh, quite as serious as Knable's. I believe he's already back on the mound throwing bullpens, and um, the team is kind of targeting that mid to late April return date for him, and, and it seems like that's entirely possible. So hopefully we won't be without Jeffers for too long. Um, but I think much more impactful could be the long-term injury uh, to Corey Knable. Um, he's been pitching for the last four years with uh, a slight tear in his elbow, um, something that hasn't really bothered him at any point during his tenure with the Brewers until just this spring. Um, but, you know, he's shut down from throwing right now. Uh, the team doesn't have any sort of timeline for, for when he's going to be coming back. Right now they're just kind of working on gathering as many different medical opinions as they can um, before they determine the best course of action moving forward. So uh, it sounds like regardless of whether it requires surgery or not, it's going to be something that signed Lions can enable for at least, you know, the first probably couple months of the season, depending if he's able to, you know, just get some kind of injection and do a little bit of rehabbing like that. Otherwise, if it ends up being that he needs Tommy John surgery, obviously that would cause him to miss the entire season this year and, and probably in the next season. Uh, we, you know, we heard the rumors, uh, Kyle, of Craig Kimbrell getting pretty hot and heavy about a week ago at this time. Do you think that was a product of the Knable injury, or was it independent that if this guy's out here and he's available, if you can make your bullpen better, do it anyway, or is this a reactionary move potentially to the fact that maybe the Brewers are expecting Knable to be out you know, for a while? You know, I, I guess it's kind of hard to gauge because just the way that David Stearns has operated over the course of his time in Milwaukee, he's shown to be very opportunistic when it comes to transactions. And we learned about the Brewers' interest in Corey Knable before we learned, or in uh, Craig Kimbrell before we learned about any of these other injuries. Um, so it, it was natural to think at that time that, hey, you know, it's it's a matter of Stearns looking at a guy who's still sitting out there, future Hall of Fame relief pitcher, maybe more amenable to a short-term deal than he might have been early on in the offseason. But then once we started started learning about what was going on with Jeffress and what was going on with Knable, um, I guess it started to make a, a little bit more sense as to why those rumors were starting to pick up. So I think as long as, as Kimbrell is still sitting out there and still available, um, that it's something that the Brewers are going to continue to look into. And This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 now on a Thursday morning. We've got some interesting, noteworthy items that happened on this date. Back on this date... March 28th, 1954, Sauk County got excited about the effort to recall Senator Joe McCarthy. At that time, they were calling the campaign, Joe Must Go, and a bipartisan grassroots campaign launched in Sauk City to recall the senator from Wisconsin. That's on this date back in 1954. Some other notable items on this date back in 1963, Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds, was released, and we're still seeing that today. On this date back in 1979, the Three Mile Island nuclear meltdown began. Wow. Back on this date in 1990, Jesse Owens received the Congressional Gold Medal. Remember, Jesse Owens ran in the Summer Olympics in Berlin, really upset Adolf Hitler. This date back in 1990, he got the gold medal. And for all you little monsters out there, today is Lady Gaga's birthday. And now you know. I'm Pam Yankee. 
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that said hello or stopped on by yesterday during the WPS Farm Show at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. The weather was windy, but boy, the crowd still very, very strong. We'll be talking more about that in just a little bit. They're hoping that the crowd is going to be strong on Friday, April 5th. That's when dozens of high school seniors and their parents from all across the state will make their way to Madison. Why? It's not a sporting event. It's not a concert. It is a campus visit organized by the Dairy Science Department on the UW campus. Our own Reba McClone tells us more about that event. Spring is upon us and soon high school seniors will be graduating and finalizing decisions for their next step in life. Those who are considering the dairy science program at the University of Wisconsin-Madison have an opportunity to head to campus to learn more during the dairy science spring visit day. Ted Halbuck, a faculty associate in the department, explains why this day is important. Whenever you can get students to visit campus, they get a better sense of whether or not the shoe fits as far as the size of the campus, uh, the coursework, the relationship of faculty to students. What's a day in the life like? These visit days have been important for students to make decisions. That's what these are really about. Although students may have visited before, this day is different and geared specifically for them. UW offers campus visits all the time, and those are excellent programs, and they give you kind of this general overview of campus. But the Dairy Science Spring Visit Day is really designed for an inside look at this department. And we also give a broader picture of the campus as well. But this really focuses on the Cal's end of campus, on the Department of Dairy Science. I really encourage, even if a student has already taken the general campus tour, if their interest is really about dairy, I would sign up for this day. Prospective students will be able to hear from a host of guests to better understand the department. Students will get a tour of our facilities and and learn about the different activities that our faculty and staff are involved in. In the research laboratories, they would see we have cows on campus. And then we also have kind of a general session where we talk about coursework, extracurricular activities that students are involved in, uh, the admissions process, scholarships, financial aid. So all those topics come up uh, in the visit day. Although many think the dairy science major is only for those who want to go back to the farm, there are many opportunities available for those looking into other career fields. The other part about dairy science is that it's really an applied science major. You have students who have biochemistry, microbiology, or general biology interests, and they don't necessarily think about a dairy science degree, but they can accomplish virtually all the same things. We're dealing with ruminants, so there's a lot of applied work related with those majors and laboratory opportunities. When students that might be interested in those fields possibly struggle to get internships, dairy industry, there's a $46 billion industry out there that supports internships, jobs that include laboratory work. Despite the fact that the dairy industry has been facing hard times, students graduating with a dairy science degree are still able to find meaningful careers. Placement is still outstanding. College graduates with a dairy science degree, they're positioning themselves perfectly. And I think dairy farms themselves, while we're losing the number of farms, we're not really losing cows. So 
cows are still needing to be managed. Those farms are needing guild workers, college graduates, people that are able to manage the technologies that larger farms are adopting. Again, they're positioned, and especially for those students that are going back to a farm, if they can blend some of the business that's available in a major like dairy science. A lot of our students right now at UW are majoring in dairy science and getting a certificate in business management. Anyone who is interested in the Dairy Science Spring Visit Day can contact the Dairy Science Department at 608-263-3308. That's 608-263-3308. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. Less than two minutes. That's all it takes. And suddenly, you become a hero. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here for my friends at the UW Organ and Tissue Donation Group. They are going to be joining me at the WPS Farm Show, EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. The staff is going to be there all three days, and you can find them in Hangar A, their location, booth 3501. Remember, a lot of people don't like to discuss end-of-life situations, but talking about that donation is different than talking about death. When you share your donation decision with your family, you're talking about opportunity. Take the opportunity during the WPS Farm Show at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Two minutes and you become a hero. Get the facts and get signed up during the WPS Farm Show at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh, March 26th through the 28th. The UW Organ and Tissue Donation Group in Hangar A, as in Apple, booth 3501 or online now. Donate lifewisconsin.org. Boy, that was a great story yesterday, standing and visiting with my friends from the UW Organ and Tissue Program. They have brought in a bunch of recipients from across the state that are sharing the story on why being an organ and tissue donor is so very important. So if you're in Hangar A, as in Apple, they're not too far away from Focus on Energy. Just stop and listen to some of the stories and consider getting yourself signed up for that. All right. This morning, the markets are trying to figure out what's going to happen in Beijing. Yesterday, I was up in Oshkosh. And I kept checking my markets and I wondered what was going on with soybeans in particular, double digit losses yesterday. Dr. David Cole, professor emeritus from uh, Virginia Tech, says that if you are a farmer that's banking on us getting an agreement done with China, you might want to think again. He says that's not the way that the Chinese government plays. Uh, I guess to your listeners, I would say we are probably in a situation of temporary agreements. In other words, you'll see we'll push forward, we'll get this and we'll get that. But I don't see long-term agreements coming about because the Chinese are very, very patient uh, people and patient government. And they are... uh, they are testing our patience. And so I see if any agreements, they'll be temporary. Now, that doesn't help a dairyman or a business person where you've got to make long-term decisions. So what that means is don't bet the farm or growth in your farm that you're going to have robust markets through a long-term agreement out of China. It'll be short-run, temporary, and it could change. Dr. David Cole, Professor Emeritus from Virginia Tech, he was one of the guest speakers during the Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin Annual Business Meeting. He also says that next month we need to get the U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade agreement ratified. He said if we can't get that piece of legislation done, he said it could send the United States into a recession. What else is driving our markets on this Thursday morning? Mark Oppold has our bottom line. 
And our bottom line report brought to you by our friends at Zaner Ag Hedge, providing market advice and brokerage services over 30 years. Check out all their services at Zaner.com. And MS Biotech, makers of Lactopro Advance for beef and dairy cattle. And they're all about dairy again today. They're attending. They have a booth at the Central Plains Dairy Expo going on today in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Stop by booth number 192. Well, it only happens four times a year where we come to the end of the week, the end of the month, and the end of a quarter. One of those days tomorrow. And you couple that with two major crop reports and you get the volatility and price swings that we have seen this week. We'll keep our support on December corn at 394, 395. November soybeans, we think support above the 920 level by the way, last time November traded below 920 was back last Thanksgiving. And July Chicago wheat can still work toward $5, but it's doing it at a snail's pace. This is the bottom line report. Sellers in the live cattle trade could get a little more nervous if weekly cattle numbers don't start to increase. Dressed beef prices remain above levels of the past two years. In fact, they're the highest right now since May of last year. Fun buying in live hogs appear to be slowing down now, but that buying has pushed overall open interest to the high level since March of 2014. I'm Mark Oppold wishing you a profitable day. Markets and overnight electronic trade are still lower. Right now we've got May corn down a penny, December corn down a penny and a quarter, 396 and three quarters. May beans are up a penny right now. November beans up three quarters of a cent after big losses yesterday, 924 bushel. May wheat down six and three quarters cents. July new crop down seven right now at 468 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a half a cent to one fifty nine and a quarter. Forty pound black cheese up four again to a dollar seventy three. Double A butter that was down a penny two twenty six and a half per pound. Fluid milk contracts right now April is down a nickel fifteen sixty four hundred weight. May milk closed at fifteen forty eight. June at fifteen sixty five. Still have to get out to August before we see fluid milk contracts at or above the sixteen dollar mark. Coming up next, you know, like I said, today it's uh, all about the meeting in China. Friday, it's about the prospective plantings report. What does Bryce Knorr have to say about it? He joins us live via Skype next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. She's like your older sister, but louder. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
Well, it's 5.48 now on a when, uh, make that Thursday morning, final day of the WPS Farm Show, EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Weather looks like it's going to cooperate. Boy, yesterday I was up at the show paying attention to my markets and got very concerned when all of a sudden, actually not necessarily all of a sudden, but all day long, soybeans were trading lower. What's going on? Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us uh, live via Skype this morning. So I know the headline is that uh, we are back at it in uh, China with our face-to-face discussions, but what happened yesterday with soybeans? Well, uh, I think uh, one of those instances where uh, folks who had been long or maybe not short enough uh, kind of headed to the door all at once. And so uh, even though the other markets were fairly quiet, uh, there was a bit of a stampede in soybeans, and that tends to feed on itself once you make uh, new lows for the week. Uh, so we saw some technical weakness and uh, actually took out uh, uh, the low from uh, earlier this month. So uh, things kind of build on their own. Basically, I don't think a whole lot of folks want, want to be long going into Friday's USDA reports and these trade talks. Uh, the uh, reports are just not likely to show a whole lot of positive information for soybeans. There's too many old crop soybeans are going to be around, and farmers, even though they're going to uh, cut their soybean acreage substantially uh, from what they put in in 2018, uh, it's still uh, going to be too many acres uh, keeping a uh, surplus in play, especially uh, with uncertainty uh, building over just what's going to happen with these tariffs. Uh, President Trump indicating that he's going to keep the uh, tariffs in place even if they sign a deal as a way of make sure, uh, making sure that China complies. Uh, that means that China's, China's tariffs would likely stay uh, on our goods, including soybeans. And the only way that uh, the soybean export market would get uh, back to normal if, is if uh, China follows through on its commitments uh, to buy uh, a lot more soybeans. So uh, that uh, starting to spark some nervousness among farm groups Uh, that uh, even a deal uh, may not be a deal that's good for agriculture, at least in the short term. You know, we've kept our eye on China for so long, Bryce. Now there's a lot of folks that are starting to say, hey, don't forget about the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement that's supposed to be ratified next month. That's also uh, providing some nerves for the market. Right, and that's hung up in Congress. Uh, The Democrats uh, are... Uh, not indicating uh, that they're going to go along and pass that. And, of course, anything that's got to be passed uh, uh, by a Democratic uh, House uh, that's uh, not exactly on great terms with President Trump and the Republicans right now, uh, especially after release of this uh, Mueller report uh, on the the whole uh, Russian thing. Uh, That's just increased the tension. And it's, uh, so uh, it's uh, hard to see the two sides uh, g- uh, getting along much. And so that has put that, uh, that new uh, NAFTA replacement deal uh, in jeopardy and highlighted just how important uh, the trade with our neighbors is. Yeah, well, and it, it's also a precursor. We're, now we're starting to talk about Japan, uh, European Union. We've got a lot of these tra- trade discussions going on, and they say uh, if we can't show good faith with U.S., Mexico, Canada— kind of doesn't bode real well for the rest. Right, and uh, so we got to get everybody in Washington more or less on the same page uh, before we do any of those deals. And, of course, uh, adding to the anxiety in uh, the markets has been uh, the whole mess with Brexit, uh, that dragging on uh, longer than expected. 
Uh, the new deadline, the deadline was supposed to be tomorrow. Now uh, there's a new deadline of April 12th. Uh, unclear as to just what's going to happen there. So that uh, has uh, just fed into this move mood of nervousness. And the best way to see that is in the uh, financial markets. Uh, the dollar is stronger. That tends to be uh, bearish for commodities. Uh, but also there's a lot of buying uh, in uh, US, U.S. Treasury notes. And that has inverted the yield curve where the uh, short-term rates are higher than the longer-term rates. Uh, and then again, that's one of those warning signs that investors pay attention to, uh, even though uh, it may not necessarily mean a recession is imminent. Uh, could be a couple years away. So now set me up for tomorrow, Bryce. Uh, we've talked about these numbers. Farm Futures published their own independent survey of what growers are going to do. What would be the newsmakers tomorrow with that USDA prospective planting report? Well, if we uh, if USDA shows soybean acres below 85 million, uh, that might be enough to uh, get a bit of a rally going. Although it likely would have to be a, a, probably even lower than that, realistically, to have much of an impact. Uh, the corn number uh, uh, could be the the uh, big one. Uh, the trade looking for an average of 91.3 million acres. Our survey was a little less than that, 90.9 million. Uh, but if we start to come in uh, just barely above 90 million, uh, that could uh, be positive for the for the corn market as well. The market also going to be taking a look at what farmers plan on uh, in terms of the spring wheat. Uh, we showed uh, acreage actually falling a little bit. Uh, uh, most in the trade think the farmers want to plant more spring wheat uh, mm -hmm. up, up there in the northern plains. So a lot of things in play right now. Hey, just because I'm curious and I don't mean to catch you off guard, have we got any indication what Canada's doing with some of their acres? Uh, not that I've seen so far. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, I, they're they're having their own problem with canola and Canada. Uh, they've been having uh, some issues diplomatically and that's spilled over into agriculture, as so many of these things do. And uh, now basically Canada is not taking any canola from Canada. So that's really throwing a, throwing a monkey wrench in the, in, into their plants, particularly to expand soybeans. Mm, interesting. All right, my friend. Well, good luck with the prospective planting report. I'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Again, he'll be updating his comments uh, 7.30 this morning. And of course, you're going to want to watch that wire, that line, that uh, communication tomorrow, especially when we get that... Uh, USDA prospective planting report. So many people uh, just not not sure, not not just sure what we're going to do at the farm gate, let alone what they're going to do on the national scene. But of course, we will be here with you to talk about it. In fact, tomorrow morning, we are going to be visiting with Mike North. Barrel and black cheese have been going crazy this week. Why? He'll join us tomorrow. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.